Heyo, welcome everyone to episode 30 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and this week we're going to explore a new platformer called Super Cable Boy. This game is packed with nostalgia and complex levels. I'm joined today by the creator, Sebastian Lieb, all the way from Germany. Sebastian, how are you doing? I'm fine today, thank you. Awesome, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, for everybody listening, just wanted to remind you that we do release these episodes every Friday. If you enjoy what we're doing here, definitely follow, subscribe, uh, and share with your friends. We're on all major platforms for podcasts as well as on YouTube. So, Sebastian, Super Cable Boy, I want to get to know a little bit more about the game and you as a creator developer. Um, it kind of, to me, all I know is that you're the only person on the project. Did you have other people working on this with you? Um, yes, I'm almost the only person on the project. There is a second composer that helped me compose um, like half of the music, I'd say. But other than that, it's all just me. Okay, so if you did, I'm assuming that means you did like uh, all the development, all the programming, all the art. Um, what do you do on a daily basis? Do you work in the programming uh, sector? Uh, yes, I work at the university in the computer graphics department, and I also have like I'm giving courses at the university about Unity game development. But other than that, I just studied uh, plain computer science, made my bachelor's and master's, and yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Okay, so Super Cable Boy. Um awesome concept for a platformer and i love the gameplay i want to know how did you come up with this idea of creating uh, what feels like a little like handheld gaming device running through a world and saving everybody where where did you come up with that idea good question um i was always a fan about uh, i was always a big fan of bemo from adventure time i don't know if you know him did you say Bimo from like uh, Adventure Time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was yes. always a fan of, of this character. And um, yeah, I don't know. That, that's, I think, where the main idea came from, from making the game with a um, handheld console as a character. But the game development started with a game jam. So the, I organized a private game jam at our university. And the topic of the game jam was electricity. So... Uh, I knew I wanted to do something with cables and electric devices and that kind of stuff. Uh, you can still play the, the prototype that was made during the game jam on my website. Um, yeah, so so that's basically how it started. It started uh, on this game jam where we didn't have much time to think about what we're going to make. So I just started doing something and I really liked it. And after after the game jam, I decided to uh, continue working on the game. Okay, yeah. Um, I actually find that a lot of these games start in game jams and then just get tweaked a little bit. Maybe the characters change, maybe the, the art direction changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, um, how did you go about creating the game? You said you made it in Unity. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of your first steps? Did you go straight into the art direction or did you go more into the programming and functionality side of it? Um so I have made platformers before, um, nothing really commercial, but I, I always wanted to make like a proper platformer, and I have I have done platforming games for game jams before, and 
since I'm mainly uh, doing computer graphics uh, from like for my work and that kind of stuff, uh, I focused on the aesthetics first, I would say. But I also wrote um, my master and bachelor thesis about physics programming. So I don't know. I think th these were the main two things that came together in, in the first place. So I, I basically just started up Unity, wrote a basic physics engine uh, and, and thought what my main concept art would be like. Um, for game games, it's always good to have restrictions. So that's where this uh, Game Boy kind of graphics style come from. You only use four colors, basically. And, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to come up with an art style like this. Just just give yourself some restrictions. I'll only use four colors, have this kind of resolution, that kind of stuff. And everything just developed from there, I think. So it, it all developed step by step. And also, if you compare the... Uh, the prototype versus the game now. There's a lot that changed, not only in the art style, but also the main mechanic with the cartridge swapping and that that wasn't there in the prototype. So, yeah, I'd say I started with the uh, to get back to your question. I started with the art style and the the physics. I'd say so how the character behaves. Uh, so so it feels good to move him around, jump on walls, and that kind of stuff. So the basic. Uh, mechanics and dark style, yeah. Okay, so I want you to go a little more in depth. Give me an explanation of what the game is about, how the game is played. Um, I love the the map for the game, seeing every level instead of it just being a picture. It actually is like a world that you're moving through. Um, kind of give me a walkthrough of what this game is like and what players would expect if they were to buy your game. All right, all right. So... I think the main idea that drove the whole game world, I would say, is let's imagine there's a world made out of uh, just hardware and software things. So everything that's in the world is either related to, to hardware or programming and software and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it starts off with cable boy having like a dream and because the device is in sleep mode, so there's always these connections to some kind of uh, um, computer stuff so he's in sleep mode so he's dreaming and um, yeah in the first sequence you it's basically also a tutorial but you learn how he behaves how he jumps and uh, how you maneuver the world and you also meet the glitch in his dream that is the main antagonist antagonist how is it pronounced in english <laughs> and yep that's right so the bad guy yeah so you meet him and uh yeah, so that's how the game starts. And from there, well, he had this bad dream about the glitch, so he, he wants to know more about it. Uh, he wants to meet the rice cooker in the clouds, which, I mean, there's also, <laughs> as I said, there's always like the joke with uh, something that connects to software or hardware. So because all knowledge is stored in the cloud, he has to go to the cloud and, and ask this other device uh, for help. And uh, yeah, he tells him he has to to fight him and to uh, rescue the world by collecting all the cartridges. And yeah, that's basically the story and what you have to do. And the rest of the game, yeah, <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's it's such simple gameplay, but I I found it really interesting how the cartridges just add another element, but it feels like it adds so much depth to the game. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, 
I think that is also something that is maybe different than most platformers that I've played. I think uh, if you look at Celeste, for example, or um, yeah, Super Super Mario maybe as well, and most platformers, they they are progress or the new elements of the world and the new gameplay elements are usually introduced by um, by the environment, right? So right. Um, if you if you play Celeste and there there's clouds and then there's this uh, wall that you can dash through and then there's things you can dash onto that move and all that kind of stuff. So it's mostly introducing mechanics through the environment. And in Super Cable Boy, my idea was maybe I just I just wanted to try if it's possible to do it the other way around. So to have a mostly static environment, it's not completely true, but most of the time the environment is very uh it's just walls basically it's just obstacles and walls and but uh, but the the behavior of the character changes so so you get new abilities and you maneuver the levels differently now uh, yeah that that was i guess that was the idea so uh, it's not very consistent in that idea so there are still things in the environment that change but I try to focus more on changing the movement of the character than to change the environment throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, you it feels like you more go the route of um, adding new abilities and changing the environment through the story because you're told by the rice cooker to go find this cartridge or find that cartridge to help this way or that way to, to progress to fight the glitch. And I found that that was a, a really unique mechanic as opposed to breaking a box and getting a power up or you're in a new a new area so this is how the environment is in this area and you need yeah. to learn um and it also i'm really um, curious oh, sorry. go ahead <laughs> go ahead yeah it's it also opens um different kind of level design i think so you can still like you can design a level to be played with different cartridges usually if if the environment dictates how the level is played there's most of the time there's only one or a few ways to play it but um, that gave me like having the the actual ability and movement of the character change instead of the environment um, gave me the the freedom to design levels in a way that they can play in totally different ways Um, i thought it was yeah i thought it was interesting yeah i mean even just running through the beta there were areas where i couldn't grab um the secret item and then i was like oh well maybe if i had a cartridge that helped me get a little bit farther down there or swing or something it would make it easier and that's exactly what it was so you could design levels and kind of put easter eggs in there for people to realize oh i need to go back and do that when i can do it um it gives it also a little bit of a metrovania feel i i think Especially now that I'm I'm adding more and more secret areas to the world, you can always go back to other levels and, and go a different path and that kind of stuff. Right. Um I've I've noticed that you built a pretty big following um before the game and I, I kind of wanted your advice um for other indie developers as to how do you build a following to promote your game to reach some sort of success by means of release and sales um from from nothing uh that is a good question and basically (laughs) i have no idea so i think that is probably the most difficult part at least for me not to make the game but to sell and market the game i really have i really don't have much experience doing this 
I think Twitter worked out for me because not only because I'm developing this game, but also I have all all kinds of content that I'm putting out there. Like some, I did some tutorials for developers or just interesting visual stuff that I put out there. And I think most of the following came from that. And then I could carry some of that over, like some of the people that follow me for the visuals and for the um, tutorial developer stuff. They also got interested in the game afterwards because they were already following me. So, yeah, and and I also tried this on Reddit, but on Reddit there was more like a dedicated Reddit just for the game, and yeah, I, I had some following there, but um, not as big as on on Twitter, I think. Yeah, I mean, I found you on Twitter, and I found it interesting right away because it was just the gameplay that I that I was really interested in and the way that it looked, um, and I think that that is a good place for indie developers to focus their efforts um to to start building their following yeah especially especially if i do it on twitter i think what helps is to have quick visual things i mean i think it's nothing new like if you go on twitter it has to be these super short and and super interesting little bites and, and pieces of content that people want to engage with Right. Yeah. I mean, they want to share it. They want to let their friends know about it. Um, Sebastian, I want to know where did your love for video games begin? Because I mean, you don't just jump into programming video games unless yeah, there's yeah. there's some kind of history or story behind it. Yeah. And also it's it's not easy. So if you start earlier, I think you can be more uh, successful or not successful. Like you, you, you just need a lot of time. Oh, sorry. Uh, you just need a lot of time to to develop the skill to make games. I think it's it's really not easy. So, I think my my love for video games probably started when I was a child and and got my my first Game Boy. <laughs> so I think it's now coming to a full circle now that I make a game about a Game Boy like character. Um, yeah. So my my passion for video games first came from playing video games, not from making video games. But uh, I always like to make stuff as well. And I was always, I always like to, or I, I think I enjoy stuff more when I can say, uh, oh, that is something that I could also maybe do. So if I look at a picture or listen to music and I'm like, oh, that I understand this to a, to a degree and I think I could do maybe something similar, then I enjoy it more. So I think that led me to also want to make video games because I played video games and was like, ah, this is really interesting. I want to get deeper into this. And if I make video games, I can understand them better when I play them. And also making video games is, is just awesome. It's like you can create your own world and, and make the rules and make the graphics and make the uh, audio, like all of these kind of things that I like to do come together. And yeah, I think... Yeah, it's it's just a lot of fun for me. And coincidentally, I studied uh, computer science, so I also had some kind of tools to, to go into video game development. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like you're just, you're an artist, a creator, and you just, you want to make and make more. And I think it's really cool that you did pretty much, like you said, pretty much everything for this game. I mean, you really took it from nothing to being a full-fledged game that is incredibly enjoyable to play um and 
I I want to know what were your inspirations for this? Like what games, were there any games like at the time of you developing this that you were really playing that you were like, I really like this mechanic. I really like this design. I like this art style. I like this sound that you were drawing from to create this game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think most games that I do are a a mixture of the things that I like in other games. So, or at least I hope (laughs) because yeah, for Super Cable Boy, I think, it was pretty much the time I discovered Celeste, and I think Celeste is gameplay-wise the main inspiration. I just just like how how well the character feels when moving it around, and I I, I kind of doubted that it was possible to to make such a good pixel-style platformer when Celeste came out, and um, yeah, and I was really surprised when I played it because. I think I played Celeste later than everyone else because I watched trailer and videos of it and I honestly had to say like it it looks a little bit like a basic pixel art platformer to me but then I played it and it was just really really good and then I was like hey <laughs> I want to do something like this as well and then I yeah then I just I started this game jam and then I picked it up even more and, and really wanted to work on it but from from the visual style, I think it is more like I think Fates is the main inspiration. I would say, like these glitch kind of graphics, and yeah, I, I think I just mixed uh, in a lot of stuff that I I knew how to do at the time, and then the this art style popped out of it. I think. Yeah, I mean Celeste is a great game, and I feel like the more you play it, the more you find in it, just the depth of everything that there is to it. Um, I'm curious as to, this is always a really hard question for developers to answer because everybody has their own, their own view on it. And there's just, there's so many games out now, but if you could rate your top five games you've ever played and you can pick if you want to do like games for a certain system or indie games or whatever okay. what would your top five favorite games of all time be uh, that's that's a difficult one for sure um i'd say yeah celeste is definitely in there um also one game that i really loved was the stanley parable that's definitely one of my top picks um other than that, I've played so many games. It's really <laughs> it's difficult. Uh, let's let's see. Maybe some of the more recent games that I played. I also played a short hike, and I really enjoyed it, even though it was very short. I really really enjoyed that. Um, I don't know. It's it's really hard to pick. But uh, I named three. I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. You gave me three of them. That's that's good. I mean, it is so hard to pick out of all the games that you've ever played um especially pulling little bits from every game here and there so since you are are you still working on super cable boy a little bit yeah i'm i'm still um, patching content and there's other things behind the scenes that i'm doing right now for example i have to prepare for the switch release that's something that i definitely want to do to uh, release it on switch and yeah, so there, there's some, because I'm, I'm doing all of this stuff by myself, like there were companies uh, reaching out to me and 
like they want to help me like for porting porting the game on all the consoles or translating the game that kind of stuff but for pausing now i decided to do it myself which might have been a bad idea <laughs> i don't know yeah that that's always the problem the way that, that i work that i want to do everything by myself or if someone comes up and is like hey i could do that and i i always think oh I don't need this person. I can do it myself. And then this the thing that this person wanted to do for me ends up being a lot more work than I thought it would be. Yeah, but this yeah, these are things that are going on right now behind the scenes. The the switch port is one big thing. Also, I want to release on some more stores, for example, the HIO store and translations. I want to uh, translate the game into a few more um, languages. So, but even though, because these are all things that don't really add much to the to the game for the people who are already have the game, I still want to make sure that I also put out some content patches here and there um, whenever I have the time to. Gotcha. So it sounds like you've still got a little bit of work to do on it. Um, I was curious if you were working on anything else at the time or not. Oh, always. <laughs> There's always something else in the in the oven. Yes, I mean there is, but there is obviously. I think every game developer has this big folder of projects that he like he or she started and and never finished. And yeah, I have this folder too. So there, there's lots of lots of Unity projects in my Unity folder or other frameworks and languages. Um, and there are some of them that I want to pick up again at some point uh the question is can i can i do it can i focus on one thing for that long i don't know i don't even know how i did it for super cable boy so uh it's always more interesting to do something completely new but yeah there there's a couple of things that i want to finish i think after after i'm done with most of the super cable boy work yeah uh, should i do you want to hear about some of the projects <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you want to give us a, a little sneak on a few things that you are interested in working on, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, I can. So what I, what I definitely want to do is go more into the experimental route because after all, Super Cable Boy is it's a platforming game and it has pixel graphics and it's it's maybe not the most innovative game that I could think of. So... My uh, plan is maybe to do something more weird, more strange, more different, um, not as big, so that I have more time to do more different stuff. Um, so, and I also want to dip into all kinds of, of genres. I don't want to constrain myself to making more platform games or that kind of stuff. So I have, I have one game that is like a strategy building god kind of game that i might want to uh, continue working on i have never posted about this on twitter because i'm always thinking ah i don't want to spoil it now maybe maybe i want to finish it first i don't know <laughs> and there are a few of these projects that i have never tweeted about and that kind of stuff i think if i have tweeted about it i probably will not continue doing it interesting i feel like once you put it out there you almost set of precedents that you're going to start working on it but that's interesting that yeah. if you posted about it you probably won't be working on it <laughs> yeah because it feels like this is uh, the content that i got out of it and 
and I showed it to people and I mean if if there would be like uh, a real very very positive feedback and all all the people would say oh this looks amazing please please make this game that I would consider it but if I put it out and people were like oh yeah that looks cool and that's it then I feel like maybe I won't continue making it <laughs> right maybe you're sinking a lot of time into something that people only kind of like I totally understand that um yeah I mean that that about wraps it up for anything that I had to ask, um, I guess to cap everything off, can you share your social media so people can find you? Sure. Um, I think the most prominent one is my, my Twitter. So it's twitter.com slash zerpgames, S-O-E-R-B-G-A-M-E-S. And yeah, I think that you can find everything from there. There's an itch.io page, there's Reddit and but it's all linked from my Twitter page. Fantastic. Well, um, if you guys haven't checked out Super Cable Boy yet, you definitely need to. Um, I don't know if the demo is still up for people to try out or not, but the game is on Steam. Um, You can go grab it and play it today on your PC. Um, And I just want to thank you again, Sebastian, for coming on here. Um, This is a game that I've, I've, I've really enjoyed playing and definitely wanted to tell people about um again like i said before if you are a fan of the podcast or the youtube channel don't forget to subscribe like and share we are on all major platforms and until next time peace yeah thanks for having me